Yeah. What's up, man? What's up, dude? How are you? Same old shit, dude. Same old shit. Uh, I didn't even look at the Suns, uh, the Suns score right now. The Suns Blazers. I mean, not that it matters that much, but it doesn't really matter. Here, let me pull it up right now. Let's see. I don't think it matters because Suns up really... six. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it, <clears throat> it's pretty irrelevant. Yeah. For me, at least, like it's not a huge deal. I don't think they're gonna win. Because what happened? Jazz has what? Two two games left. Oh no also, no! I'm more, I'm more worried about the Blazers. Oh, but I'm not worried. What Blazers is whatever. Like you know, he's. Right. I don't think they're gonna slip. Lakers have like this easy ass schedule to finish. So yeah yeah yeah. So Blazers. I mean, if they lose out and the Lakers win out, um, I believe the Blazers are in seven. If they let's see. Yeah, they are one game ahead of the Lakers right now. And yeah. then Lakers have tiebreak, I think, right? No, no, no. Blazers have tiebreakers. Blazers do? Okay. Yeah. Then, then they need they need to lose. Yeah, they need to lose out then. Yeah. And, but, and the, se- the season close or, yeah, season finale for them is in Denver, I think. Denver, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they don't really have a very easy schedule. Um, so, you know, the, the opportunity is still Denver there. Denver may not play. That's Are true. they even fighting for position? I don't think so. I think they're going to be settled by then. Uh, Denver is, well, one game behind Clips. Yeah. So maybe they'll play. I don't know what their tiebreaker situation is. Yeah. But, like, you know, they may not even play at the, at the last game. And Lakers have uh, two games left. And then, yeah. yeah, I think they're garbage teams. Yeah, so. Pacers and Pels. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's still, it's, it's possible. It's possible there'll be seven. Um, I guess we went right into it. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is the DWP podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with a, I would say, a regular season-ending episode because really the next time James, you, and I will even possibly think about recording is after this Memphis uh, game number 72 uh, situation because really it, it just it comes down to that to see where we end up in the play-in, right? Yeah, the final score for today was that the Grizz the Grizzlies beat the Kings. Yeah. Which means they effectively eliminated the Kings from playoff yep. contention. And then they also um have ensured that we can no longer get the eighth seed outright. Right. So now it's gonna come down to so the next game for both teams is completely meaningless. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna rest their guys tomorrow against the Kings. They're not gonna try. Kings are not going to try to because they are out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So no point in doing that. So that's probably going to be tomorrow's game for them is a throwaway. And then for us, it's also going to be a throwaway against the Pelicans because they are also out of the play. <laughs> play <laughs> so nobody has anything to play for. So, yeah. and, you know, I think the first thing is, you know, what do we what do we think is, is going to happen with the Warriors in terms of oh, they're gonna, how they're going to treat this game? I mean, tomorrow, they should rest right? everybody. They should rest, yeah. you know, Wiggins, Steph, Dre, obviously, um, even Looney, I would say you want him healthy and with legs against a, a Memphis team, which is the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. Um, you'd want those four resting for sure. I, I would say you even want JTA kind of relaxed a bit i mean they might need him out there just for bodies but you know i would be completely fine you know seeing nico Mannion and smile and Molder and 
uh, I don't know, whatever the garbage players of oh, Jordan Poole now, like guys like that getting 42 minutes or something like that. Um, I don't want any of our guys getting hurt. That that would be the worst thing that can possibly happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, And I think Kerr knows that they're going to probably, at least I would guess the three main guys would probably sit. And then mm-hmm. if you're going to play like Loon and stuff just for bodies, just to throw some guys out there, like I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I would probably put a just a, 15 20 minute cap on you know loons minutes and like you know just put a light cap on some of those guys like don't overplay them or anything like that like you know key rotate like jta put them at like 15 20 minutes like don't overplay any of these guys give nico 35 minutes right give smiley 35 minutes give jordan bell the standard like backup center minutes 25 minutes or whatever yeah you know it's like I don't mind doing those things because they're not going to be rotation players, right? And it's just like the rotation guys are the ones that, you know, if you're going to have to play them just for bodies and say, mm-hmm. at least restrict or, you know, have a minute's limit for those dude, guys. Because, yeah, like you said, dude, the worst thing is to have, you know, some dude go down on a meaningless game against the Pelicans. Like, implement a no running rule basically for the players that matter like man we you know this certainly has worked to our advantage us being in the situation where we had a very very thin roster and we couldn't play anybody else we didn't have a reason to play anybody else you know like the Wiseman development storyline or the Kelly Oubre justification for the 80 million dollar tax hit you know storyline like both those dudes are heard and you know there's like we have I hate to say it benefited from that but at the risk of wearing down our, you know, seven-man rotation plus Michael Mulder, who really I, I see mostly just as a fill-in body. Like it, they, they certainly don't want him out there. That guy's Steph Curry in garbage time, dog. <laughs> Anytime you need a big three when it doesn't matter, it's Mike Mulder, baby. Which you know counts for something, right? It means that it stays garbage time. Um, so I, I, I certainly don't want to overlook that. But you know, you and I have talked so much offline that. That guy can never hit a shot when it actually matters. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous, dude. It's, it's like, it, it, and there's there's like some like really bad misses too. Like oh, when it's yeah. like we're like down a few few buckets and stuff, and it's like, dude, a Mulder three here would be, you know, really good to like clutch to stop the the bleeding and stuff. And then the guy would just like brick the three or like shoot it super long on the wing off the wing, and it just like hit doesn't even hit the rim hits the other side of the backboard you're like what the fuck? like how did you even miss that it's like dude paul george in game seven last year yeah the, the, the side <laughs> of the backboard <laughs> that kind of shit yeah and, and i think it was tim Kamika, uh, tim kawakami that was saying that like jordan pulls the exact opposite like in stressful situations like he like when it looks like things are slipping away for that second unit um jordan Poole kind of hits a big shot that makes that almost feels like it's a five JP, pointer man yeah, dude. We, you know, he's been such a roller coaster ride, right? Like he embodies what this Warriors season has been. Like when he's good, then the Warriors have been good. When he hasn't been good, then they've been pure crap. And it makes sense because he's had to carry that bench unit. You know, he—I I don't want to say he's had to carry it, but he's had to be that spark to make sure that we don't blow, we don't end up at a net minus, you know, ten in the six minutes that they're out there. Like he—he he kind of. Like like you said, you know, it stops the bleeding and keeps it at a at a respectable, you know, minus two, minus four or something. Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah, it's um, you know, I do think it's a you know good point that in regards to like how 
we have very clearly defined rules for the players now and mm -hmm. the coaching staff is able to kind of de develop the rotations uh based around that because i think what happened in the first half of the year was really like incorporating wiseman how are you going to get kelly Oubre involved you you spent all this money to bring him over here how are you gonna like you know get him going and stuff and then he had the early season struggles and then wiseman yeah. started off okay and then just the defense uh just like went off a cliff like couldn't <laughs> stop fouling couldn't you know couldn't defend anybody you know and uh it's just like trying to do too much on offense like all of these things like learning how to play through all of that and then you know which led to a lot of up and down play overall and then you know when he gets injured and then kelly's injured now we start kind of spiking in wins and it's just like it's not surprising because one i think curse had time to kind of understand the roster and the players and then two, you don't. There's two less things to worry about. You don't have to juggle all these different roles. It's so hard to do, you know, like trying to develop Wiseman and trying to win games. That's really mm -hmm. hard because you're trying to play him 25, 30 minutes, but he's such a huge negative. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how are you going to try to win games when this guy is a massive negative on your team, you know? And it's just like, and once he was out of the equation, it's like, okay. Yeah, we know what we can do now. We're gonna play small ball centers. That's all we're gonna do. <laughs> we're just playing Loon or or Dre. <laughs> yeah, know? and I think it was you that either shared the stat on the pod or uh, shared this with me individually. But Wiseman with Steph per thirty six minutes is like a negative, like averages like a negative eight points or something like that. Um, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. On the, the flip side, with him, <laughs> with him and Steph, is like ninety something points per hundred. It's like like all time bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. And apparently Jordan Poole per 36 minutes with Steph. And granted that that's a very, very um, limited. Limited. Yeah. They, they probably share the court, you know, maybe eight minutes a game or something like that. But that's a plus 15. It, yeah. It's it's pretty remarkable. And, you know, not to say that, um, you know, Kerr should go with all of his eggs in one basket and always have pool with Steph. Um, I think Kerr's kind of gone away from that philosophy with, you know, with his rotations for any two players. But, um, you know, that that is interesting to think that, like, you, you would imagine that pool would be, like, would actually hurt Steph's game if he's out there just because he's kind of a chucker. But um, it just kind of goes to show that, number one, people still have to respect his shot. And number two, he is this playmaker that can that can play off the ball when Steph's there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that, we, that we've kind of narrowed down this rotation. And, you know, props to Ken Bazemore, who was kind of he was getting DMPs at the beginning of the season. Now he starts and is effective and has you know scored like 18 points the past couple of games. Um, you know, we, we, we rag on Mike Boulder, but he, he's, he's serviceable as, you know, the eighth man who comes in and he plays okay alongside Curry. He's not terrible. He doesn't get in his way. Um, a decent cutter, uh, can, can play off ball reasonably well. Um, I don't want to say he's a feisty defender, but he, he, he's not completely useless there either. So yeah, you know, all the pieces come together pretty well. And I would say, you know what, we, we should just stick with it. Um, I don't know if Damian Lee and Eric Pascal coming back, uh, is something that we would want to risk in a play in tournament. Um, it, it, and I, I almost want to say that the play in tournament starts this Sunday, uh, because the reality is, 
um, between us and the Grizzlies, like both of us have to win two games in order for us to make the playoffs. If you think about it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Warriors can win, um, you know, Sunday against the Grizzlies and then, you know, what I presume is Tuesday against either the Lakers or the Blazers and they'd be in the playoffs and Grizzlies, if they were to lose, um, you know, Sunday, then they would have to win that, that nine ten bracket game and then win kind of the next game after that. So regardless, uh, the path to the playoffs begins Sunday and the result has to be two wins. Uh, out of the three, no matter how you get it. Yeah, true. Because you gotta, you know, you win one game, you get the eight seed, and then you, you know, you have a chance to win the seven eight matchup and make the playoffs, right? Or you have a second chance to win two games. So effectively, starts on on Sunday with that play in mm-hmm. quote unquote play in game against the Grizzlies. Yeah, basically, yeah. To determine the eight nine. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, seeding. Seeding. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But before we get into the matchups for that game, um, do you like the play in? I mean, now that we're kind of looking on the more likely side that we're going to be the eighth seed, uh, do you like as it is right now, do you wish there was a play in or do you selfishly kind of wish there wasn't so that the Warriors could just lock up the eighth seed and be done with it? No, I don't. I'm okay with the play in um, because honestly, these things. Like all of this stuff is just so trivial because eight seed upsetting the one seed, the seven seed upsetting the two seed, it just almost never happens. It's like you would have to be like some weird, like crazy coincidence, you know? And it's like it's happened before in, you know, obviously <laughs> best believe. of five, right? And then we believe is that was a very special circumstance too. Like mm-hmm. you got to remember, it's not a traditional one eight. Uh, kind of matchup, right? Yeah. And then even like, you know, some of the other ones were like, first round was best of five back in the day, you know? So yeah. it's like, you know, there was a couple of instances, like yeah, I think Matumbo's Nuggets, like, over you know, Sonics, the, yeah. Yeah, over Sonics in that, in the mid mid to late 90s, they had one of those. But then it's like, best of five, you can kind of just get lucky, yeah. you know? Yeah, but then best of seven, it's much trickier, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, yeah, think about it recently. What else can you name other than we oh, Yeah, I, I, of course it's a lot more rare, but it's also yeah. a weird year, right? And um, certainly the Jazz have been hampered with injuries. Uh, we happen to match up pretty well with the Suns. Um, so I, I would say we certainly have a puncher's chance, and I think both of those series go at least six games before we get probably demolished in the last two, um, in like before getting demolished in game six, I think that that's kind of how I see it playing out. Um, but going back to your point about, you know, us being eight seed, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, we're not winning the title this year. And if anything, I'm happy that the league gets this kind of like viewership for um, not only the playing games, but kind of these, you know, traditionally meaningless games as the season winds down, right? Like the wizards and the, the, you know, Russell Westbrook, triple-double triple double watch, and the Bradley Beal, you know, uh, hamstring injury, scoring title chase, you know, yeah. like that, that becomes a lot more interesting than it would have been had it uh, had there not been this playing game. So I, I'm kind of on your side. I, I'm all for it, even if it means that the Warriors are at risk of needing to play additional play-in games because, um, because of this new format. I, I'm all for it. And... Uh, 
I, I think they're going to win Sunday. Um, and you, yeah. you know, I think you talked me into it a little bit more that there's, they just have too many inexperienced guards that don't know how to guard Steph Curry. And that, and that's the difference. That's a huge problem, right? So they don't have like, you know, jaw like Dylan Brooks and these guys are, I mean, it's fine. They're, they're not like atrocious defenders, but they're not, they're, these are guys that Steph knows how to like handle. And then if you're just going to play traditional pick and roll defense or like, yeah, you know, play drop defense yeah, with uh, Valanciunas, yeah, it's that's done. The other thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't play drop with like a big, like non-mobile big, like Valanciunas. Cause as soon as you drop, it's does in the shoe pull up three. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like either you either do the hard trap. So I'm thinking that that was, that's probably going to be their strategy is to try to hard trap Steph and just, but you know, I don't think they have enough discipline defensively and they don't have the right people. Like they don't have a Royce on there. They don't have, you know, like even, uh, you know, on the Suns, they had like Mikhail Bridges and yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like just long, athletic, lanky dudes who can get in Steph's way, get into passing lanes, you know, and are very like you know good defensively. They don't have one of those guys. So you, even if you double team, it's like John. So these are going to fall asleep. These are not going to be able to keep up with Steph. You know they just don't have the attention to detail that some of the other teams have. So yeah. with with their wing players. Yeah, you know I'm looking at the roster and I see a a Blazers light. <laughs> like pretty like, much. Yeah, like Nurkic is. Yeah, I mean Valachunas is basically Nurkic. Um, you know, Damon, CJ, are uh, John Moran, Dylan Brooks. Like, it, yeah, I, I don't see like I, I see a, a, a Draymond, you know, getting a triple double in this game easily. Um, I, I think Valanciunas gets played off the floor. Uh, Brandon Clark is interesting, but he's only like a second year player too. Second year like, player, not yeah. gonna be very impactful. I yeah. would not guess. So yeah, I I see a certainly. Um, Hey, I, I think it's actually a pretty easy win for us. Uh, knock on wood. Um, Steph is Steph Wiggins and Dre, as we talked about, are going to be rested. Steph's had some very terrible games these past two games, uh, shooting the three, and you know he's gonna he's gonna erupt. So, I I, I hate to to chalk it up early, but I think it's it's going to be a pretty convincing win. Um, yeah, I think I think we're probably gonna win pretty pretty handily. Uh, yeah. I don't expect us to. Uh, it looks like Blazers are going to win. I just actually. looked at this. Yeah, up three with 32 seconds left. So. Oh my god! Actually, the, the the latest update is up one with 5.6. They have the ball. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And they have just called timeout. So, um, yeah. oh my god, man, that might just lock Lakers into uh, the, uh, <laughs> the play-in. So, yep. Yeah. Which is exactly what the NBA wants. Oh. They want a Warriors Lakers play-in yeah. game for that seventh seed. That would be <laughs> nuts. Yeah. I mean, dude, you never know with one game. The variance is so high. It's just like. Yeah, especially with injuries, you know, with yeah. AD and LeBron, Dennis Schroeder coming back. You know, there, there's so much going on that. Uh, you know that that is this is as good of uh a, a good as a, any opportunity good of opportunity as any to to take one over the Lakers. Um, now now I don't think the league will let the Lakers lose the the second uh, play in game uh, to like the Spurs or Grizzlies. That'd be I don't think the Lakers blushing. will lose. That's, the <laughs> league won't even really let them. They're gonna the Spurs aren't very good, so they're yeah. probably just gonna hammer those guys. So. Yeah yeah well. 
certainly certainly good for uh, a discussion and hopefully we'll be able to check in uh, after the the this memphis finale but um any final thoughts i mean like there's you and i haven't been able to catch check that you and i haven't been able to catch up as much this season since we've been so busy but um you know curry great you know we, i don't think we really need to talk about him draymond drowning into form uh wiggins i i would like to dedicate a couple minutes to wiggins because man that like $30 million for a guy who plays great defense and averages, you know, close to 20 points a game on efficient scoring. Like, I, I would take that. You know, it, it's not like Clay averages that much more, right? Um, it, uh, granted, you know, Clay plays better defense. So that's that's no doubt about it. But um, I don't think that Wiggins is that far off of Clay, where you know, certain like a thirty million dollars isn't a laughably bad contract anymore, um, and especially to a team such as the Warriors that you know would have been a Finals contender without Wiggins, um, with just Steph, Clay, and Dre. You know, I think that the the twenty five or or thirty million dollars is justified to try to keep us, you know, to try to try to get us over the edge. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I still think, like, overall, like, it's just, it's still high, but it's not as bad as it was when it was signed initially, because I think, you know, it has, it was never really shown that Wiggins can contribute to winning, and I think, you know, in this particular system and the role that we're asking him to play, he has shown that he can, uh, you know, be a big contributor to winning games and you know just the role and position that Kerr put him in like you're gonna leave the second unit you're gonna be able to kind of just go eat against some of these second unit bench dudes who can't really defend you you know so get to work you know and you know make take over the offense if you need to and then you know it's kind of it, I think that really opened things up for him a lot yeah you know so, but yeah, he's been so good. I mean, you know, you and I were just kind of talking like, what do you, what do we think he's actually worth? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, yeah, like, I mean, three and D wings who shoot 38% from three and 18 to 20 points a game. Like, you're telling me somebody wouldn't pay $25 million for him? Yeah. Like, that's he's... not, like, look at, look at Mikhail Bridges on the Suns. Like, he, the, people are talking about him getting, you know, 20 million and stuff, you know? Yeah. Because he's such he's such a good three and D player. He's like a prototypical like six seven, like you know, mm-hmm. can shoot threes. He's shooting something like forty one, forty two percent from three. He plays great defense. Like it's yeah. like, dude, yeah, guys like him are getting and he only averages like thirteen points a game. Yeah. Right? So it's like you guys like him are getting twenty plus million. So why wouldn't a you know, a guy who's just as good of a defender in Wiggins and, you know, thirty eight percent from three is a much better creator? The right. Bridges. Yeah, yeah. A, a much like, better playmaker, and also yeah, much solid playmaker. from the mid range. Man, he he yeah. can get his own. He's got a. I, I don't love the the turnaround, but um, but his he, ISO he get... game is way better. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. it's like and twenty five for a guy like that. That's not unreasonable. He's getting paid thirty, so it's a slight overpaid. But it's like, dude, mm-hmm. he, it's not as bad as it used to be because mm-hmm. he was so he was so inefficient and like empty stats and stuff back you know, when he was with the Wolves, but when you're shooting 38% from three, that yeah. is not, at, like, that's efficient. Yeah. yeah. And then you're shooting, like, 45 46%, you 
you know, from the field. Like, that's pretty good, dude. Like, he, he was not shooting these numbers on the Wolves. Not yeah. even close. Yeah. And one other thing to add is that, like, yes, we might be paying a little bit more, but we also have their draft pick, right? And, and, yeah. And, you know, teams pay money all the time to get higher draft picks. You know, the, the cash considerations, you know, the, that old thing. Always, yeah. uh, always a winner. Um yeah, so I I say it's so worth it. Um, it. It looks better and better every day, and the durability that cannot be overlooked, man. He's yeah. been at it in every single game. Um, you know, obviously not having the offensive impact all the time, but if you can rely on that consistent defense, it's it's worth it. It is so worth it, and um, I uh, I can't talk myself into getting a Wiggins jersey, but um. I, uh, if I, if I see a $10 t-shirt at, at Ross or something, maybe I'll get it. <laughs> the Al Harrington's. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or, or if Jordan Bell jerseys uh, pop back up, I'll certainly get one of those. Um... <laughs> Jay Bells. Come on, man. Alrighty. Well, yeah, good catching up, man. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look to do another, do another episode after this Memphis game. All right, man. Go Dubs. Go Dubs.